Warning, the Chaotic Culture Podcast is a program for mature audiences. The language and content presented in this podcast is of a mature nature that some audiences may not find suitable. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Grab your loved ones and bring them closer Extra, extra, read the poster The KKP is taking over Sleeping on me, better smell the Folgers I've been razor sharp since the Motorola Off the O, like the cover over Popping bottles, get all in the sofa It's a celebration, though the times is hard It's raining blessings, give it up to God Chaotic culture, the greatest part We can't the pro, the one in charge But it's a celebration, times is hard It's raining blessings, give it up to God Chaotic culture, the greatest part We can't the pro, the one in charge We're living in a chaotic culture We're living in a chaotic culture and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the chaotic culture podcast the pod where chaos rules and black culture is elevated and embraced this podcast will deep dive into modern black culture and how millennials and gen z can navigate the crazy parts from finances music black business highlights home ownership hbcus sports black nerdum, anime wrestling if it encompasses black culture we're going to cover it live from the 757 i am the host and the creator of the chaotic culture podcast this is your boy ked aka ked the pro aka the calculated millennial, the cut with diamond, aka don't be pushing on my buttons, in my cousins, unless you're cutting, aka your favorite toxic adjacent king, chaotic kid, kid the poet, kid the closer, all of that good stuff. The 843 is me, but VA is where I stay. Always chaotic, never toxic, most days. Back again, once again, with your favorite black culture highlights and black culture shenanigans. Uh, today is going to be a really special episode today i have a special guest joining the chaotic culture podcast uh for those who are familiar with my frat y'all already know that i'm a member of kappa office opportunity incorporated as part of the hampton newport news alumni chapter um today i have a member of the beta chi chapter of kappa office opportunity incorporated joining us today straight out of hampton university uh, this young man has been all across campus doing multiple projects has multiple uh things going on in his life has been a part of multiple internships and just overall a, a creative mind so i definitely wanted to get the opportunity to introduce to everybody, Mr. Trey Baker. Uh, Trey, please go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. All right, I appreciate that. <clears throat> What's going on, everybody? My name is Trajan Baker. I go by Trey. I'm currently a fourth-year architecture major, leadership studies minor, and I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, originally, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you joining us, man. It's been a big pleasure, and I'm definitely glad to have you here. Um, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, of course, we always like to start off with a mental health check. Uh, pretty much we go and we talk about how we've been feeling this week, if there's anything that has been bringing us up or bringing us down, whether that be physically, mentally, or spiritually. Um, uh, just to give an example, I'm going to go ahead and go first. Uh, so this week has actually been kind of stressful, and granted by the time you guys in the audience actually hear this it'll be like the second week in march uh or approaching the second week in march but 
Um, coming off of February was a fun time. The the last February, the last Friday in February was great. And then that Saturday, I ate something bad and I got food poisoning. So it's it's been ugh, for lack of a better term today for me. But I'm still here, still breathing, still drinking plenty of fluids to cleaning out my system. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. I cannot really complain too much about that. Um, stress of the job is stress of the job. That is what it is that comes with the uh, the territory. But we move and we move forward. So that's pretty much how I've been doing. Hopefully this week will be a lot better. Um, Trey, how's your mental health been, man? Yeah, amen to that. I know you're going through a lot, but keep your head up high, brother, because like you said, one step at a time. Um, but I'm all good, man. Just very, very busy. Um, I'm pretty much always pretty busy and I do it to myself. Um, but I've kind of gotten in a mindset that allows me to handle that pressure pretty well. Um, as an architecture major, my time is already very limited because of all the time I have to put into that. And on top of that, um, I just can't say no to the opportunity. So I'm doing all these extracurricular things. Um, but my advantage is, you know, the things that I'm doing extra kind of fuel my creativity and it becomes an energizer. So I'm not getting burned out, but I'm getting, you know, energized by all the extra things. So staying busy, but trying to stay stress free through it all. I like the sound of that, bro, uh, especially when you've got so much going on your plate, as long as it doesn't become a burden and is right. helping you get through the day and helping you get through the week. And I think that's the most important thing. As long as you're feeling like you are energized then ultimately then you know what you're doing is uh helpful to you and not bringing you down so uh but at the same time you know just make sure that you know you pace yourself properly because as you said you are a uh five-year architect major for those who don't know and five-year architect majors they don't come out with their bachelor's they come out with their master's so it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and i should know I, uh, of course y'all already know that i am a, a graduate of hampton university as part of the five-year mba program and because I didn't pace myself. It took me an extra year. So, uh, you know, it, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, as long as you're maintaining those grades, and as long as you're finding peace for yourself, then I think that's ultimately what's going to help you move forward and keep driving you. So um, appreciate you sharing that with us, Trey, man. Glad to see that you out here doing well. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, quick note here, for ladies and gentlemen. So if you have not checked out last week's episode, uh, it uh, actually aired on Twitter spaces. And of course, to commemorate Black History Month, what we at the folks of Chaotic Culture Podcast did was host our very first Twitter space. And that encompassed our music roundtable series. Now, for those who are familiar with music roundtable, of course, we usually discuss the discography of certain artists. So if you have not checked out our music roundtable episodes, I, I encourage you to do so. Uh, definitely, definitely check out how we talk about Usher. We've talked about Erica Badu. We've talked about all of TDE before Kendrick left. We've even talked about Lil Wayne's mixtapes and his albums. And we just, yeah, Erica Badu was the last one that we did. Um, but we've also talked about Nas as well. So with that, we're going to continue the series. But this past Friday, or rather Friday, February 24th, we had an episode where we discussed the top male R&B groups of all time. Now, we started off with a round of 32. And of course, it had to go on the actual page itself because we knew it was going to be a while for us to get to 16. Um, I definitely paced myself correctly on that one because if we did all 32 in one space, we was going to be there all night and I did not have time. So 
we went ahead and we just did the top 16. Of course, uh, we actually held two tournaments, one before the episode and then one during the episode. The one before was actually called the most underrated male R&B groups of all time. And of course, if you have not been paying attention, uh, Playa ended up being the winner of that tournament. Rest in peace, Static Major. And then for the top male R&B groups of all time from the 90s and the 2000s, Jodeci is our grand champion here for the music roundtable series so uh definitely want you guys to check this out the episode will be available on all digital streaming platforms here uh, on february 27th which it should be open up uh, now so you should be able to check it out um if you did not get a chance to join us on twitter for that space uh real quick uh trey do you have any male r&b groups from the 90s and 2000s that you particularly enjoy I just like good music, bro. So not one in particular, but I do like to kind of go back to that era and that vibe because it has a different energy to it. And I definitely mm-hmm. have an appreciation for it. But all the all the ones you just listed, those are in my list. But um, yeah, it's definitely a different vibe and energy that only some people truly, truly understand. You ain't lying. <laughs> You ain't lying. The one thing I will say that I was upset about was because in the top 16, it ended up being Jodeci versus Boys to Men while we were running the live tournament. And that was <sighs> Jodeci ended up winning by one vote. But that being said, that was probably the closest matchup of the night and rightfully deservedly. So I just wish it wasn't in the in the round of 16. I thought it was going to be like in the championship round. But either way, what's done is done. Um, again, be sure that you uh, check out that episode. Um, before we actually jump into the interview itself, I did see uh, a post by the Beta Kai Instagram page called Chilling with the News Podcast. Uh, Trey, do you have any more information regarding that? Yeah, so that's something that we just started up. Um, <clears throat> we got all our equipment and things um, ordered last semester, and now we're getting going on it. So, yeah, it's called Chilling with the Noobs. You know, podcast is something that's very new in our chapter. Um, but we just wanted another way to connect with the students at Hampton University. So we're going to be covering, you know, a lot of the topics that you mentioned here, just, you know, cultural media, the collegiate experience, you know, how can we support the students? So just another way for us to connect and really just, you know, have those conversations that are meaningful for the fraternity and for the campus. Sounds good. Sounds good, man. I'm glad that y'all actually are getting started with something new over there. Um, of course, if y'all have any questions regarding podcasting or anything like that, definitely feel free to reach out. I want to be sure that I uh, I help y'all and pay it forward as well, because I encourage everybody to, you know, if you have a platform that you want to share, please be sure that you do, uh, especially because you you are all are active on campus and there is so much talent and so many entrepreneurs that are going to be on campus as well. And I hope that you guys get the chance to highlight them. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, with that, I don't have any more quick notes here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and conduct the interview, of course, with Trey. We want to be sure that we get all the information as possible because we know Trey just had a huge project that we want to talk about that it is involving the uh, Hampton community. So, of course, if you are in the 7-5, definitely pay attention to this. You've probably seen the news article. You've probably seen the video regarding it. But we wanted to get, I guess, a little more in-depth um, regarding this personal project. So, um, once again, Trey, thank you for joining us. Uh, my first question regarding this uh project here is like i wanted to know what inspired the creation of a space library and then how was peak elementary selected for this project absolutely yeah so 
This is called the Golden Library Initiative, and it was a partnership thing between the Beta Chi Noops and this campus organization called Black is Gold. And we knew that we wanted to create a space at Mary S. Peak Elementary School that we could host different learning activities in, a space that could really engage the um, attention of the students. And um, when we met with the principal, he's actually um, a Kappa himself, Principal Sharif Hicks. Mm, yes, sir. Um, and he showed us this conference room, very, you know, bland conference room with a table in it. And it had a lot of the curriculum based books in it. Um, but he said, you know, y'all can do anything that you want to do with this space, transform it any way that you want to. And so we had the idea, OK, you know, let's do this project. Um, but what's the theme going to be? So we were debating between several different themes um, and Space Library was the one that came out on top. Because when you think about a kid, you know, you want to build that storyline for them. You want something that's going to engage their attention immediately. So when you say who's ready to go to space or who wants to go see an alien, who wants to be an astronaut, everybody's hand goes up. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Okay. Okay. Hey, we'll definitely appreciate you sharing that. Uh, how many um, people actually got involved? Because obviously we see you as the creative director. And of course, we've seen a couple people from Black as Gold. So I just wanted to know how many people actually had a hand in, in uh, making this work. Right. So there are two sides of the project. You had the creative design side and then you had the logistics side. Um, so the creative design part of it, that was, you know, the actual artistic parts. So I had, it was a whole team. So we had members from Kappa and then we had members from Black is Gold. Um, I was really the only artist on the team that, you know, does art on a regular basis. So we kind of had to look mm -hmm. at it. And so everybody, you know, painted the base color on the wall. I was telling them where to put this, where to put that. And then I went behind and added the more artistic, you know, refined details. The other side of that was the logistics part. So we had an Amazon wish list that we created. Um, and that was by the Black is Gold team. So they were sending that list out to people so we could get books donated for the new space. So they were culturally relevant books um, that, you know, because that school is primarily minority. Um, mm -hmm. So just creating books that, you know, were culturally appropriate, that taught them to love themselves, that highlighted different um, figures in Black history um, was really the um, layout. Okay. Okay. And, and definitely for those who don't know, um, as far as his artistic work, like if you haven't seen some of his designs, I just encourage you to go look at them. Um, especially for some of the designs he's had for Beta Chi, like I, I just pristine, I just want to be sure I threw that out there. Um, how many hours did you like dedicate to the actual space library? Mm, that's something I need to do more of like tracking my hours. Um, <laughs> we started, we actually started working on it last semester in the fall, but it was like an on and off thing. Mm -hmm. um, and we wrapped up early this semester. If I had to throw out a number, it's definitely in the upwards of like 40 to 45 hours. It's a lot of time because mm -hmm. you're doing all the planning for it. Like everybody forgets about the planning phase. So when I was like on my computer thinking about, okay, what is this space going to look like? What things do we need to order? You know, where's the paint coming from? All of that is built into the project. And then you actually have the painting aspect of you doing multiple layers. You're cleaning up details so all in all it took a lot of time and i know the night before the ribbon cutting um it was still not done and so mm. i to the library and i was the only team member available but i really had to put it on my back 
Um, and I slept in the library on one of the uh, little beanbag chairs that they had. It took me a little quick cat nap, popped back up. And I don't think I left until maybe an hour before the ribbon cutting, went home, took a shower, came right on back and cut the ribbon. So I do what you Man, talk about dedication, man. So he slept in the library. But and look, I, I know what it means to dedicate your time to a project. So listen, uh, you have all of my thanks for just doing what you did for that, because that that takes a whole lot of dedication to be able to say, hey, no, you know what? I need to go ahead and get this finished, even if it means sleeping in there. So uh, major props to you. Major props to you. Um, In regards to... uh the space library um of course we have the amazon wish list we have like of course the creative direction that you had um was there anything else that was added to it to actually boost the atmosphere for the kids um well we incorporated um an led light system so like if you mm. turn all the lights off in the library we use like glow-in-the-dark elements on the walls so like there's like stars on the wall and all of them glow in the dark. So when you cut the light out, those glow. I think we put planet stickers around the classroom too. Those glow in the dark. And then that LED, it's like a little galaxy lamp. So the ones that like put all the stars and stuff on the wall, we had that and then we just have like the light strip. So kind of like really transforms that space, um, which got the kids excited. Wow, wow. Yeah, man, that, that, that sounds really, really dope and really fun. Um, as far as like the ribbon cutting, I just wanted to know what was the, if you could detail the kids' reactions, the parents' reactions, staff reactions. I just wanted to know, you know, if you could detail what that meant to you and, you know, how did you react when you saw their reactions? Yeah, it was definitely very rewarding. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, an artist may get, uh, conscious in a sense of how their art is going to be perceived or taken in because we know you know what it took to create and we know kind of the struggles of the process um mm -hmm. but to kind of see how people respond to it is always you know a critical point at the end of the project um, and i was very pleased with how people responded you know even now i'll say it's not finished because there's little details and stuff that i didn't even have time to finesse the way i wanted to but mm -hmm. nobody sees that except for the person that's doing it so everybody's just you know, eyes this big and the kids were very, very excited. Um, the way we laid it out is we had the ribbon cutting and then we allowed each class to rotate. So it was about 15 students at a time. They had a book read to them and they had snacks and water given out in juice boxes so that they could sit in the library for the first time, um, really immerse themselves in it. So just a great experience, you know, just building that storyline for them. Because we had gone to the school about two months ago to introduce the space library and, you know, gear up, get ready to go to space because, you know, your mission is coming up. So to see that full circle moment for them was really cool. I can imagine, man. Yeah, we doing it for the kids and the fact that you were able to still create this is still mind blowing for me personally. So I definitely, you know, if you, if nobody else thanks you multiple times on this podcast, I'm gonna thank you multiple times, regardless if it's once, twice or three times. So, uh, you, you definitely, definitely have my appreciation for it. Um, in regards to this project outside of, you know, finishing up last minute details and sleeping in the library, what was some of like the biggest challenges? Hmm biggest challenges I'm trying to think i would say just getting um everybody 
rallied behind the project because there were some moments in the process where, you know, it felt like some of the team was a little bit less engaged with it. And as the creative director kind of overseeing the completion of the project, you know, that then forces you to have to call people, to have to kind of put things on your back, you know, go out of your way to make sure that it's still getting done in time. So that was kind of a challenge that we ran into, but everybody came together at the end. Um, I think the the actual art aspect of it flowed pretty well. And that just deals with like um, planning ahead of time. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted the space to look like after it was finished. Of course, there was still inspiration along the way, but having those guidelines help prevent, uh, you know, challenges with how is this going to work? How is this going to flow? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you find yourself having any pushback as far as your idea for the space library? Or was pretty much everybody like on one accord? One accord. And that's how it had to be since I was only artist. <laughs> now, nah, because I would have, I would have, that would have been, that would have been interesting. Somebody said, now, Trey, what is that? But it, 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 didn't, it didn't go like that. Everybody was um, kind of on board with the decisions that were made. And it was a good environment. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, had there been somebody else that took art, as serious as I do, then that would have been another conversation. And I would have been open to other ideas, but um, I do get pretty passionate about things once I see them in my head. Hey, well, thanks God to that, man. You didn't have any pushback. And as you said, with you being the only artistic director there, um, you had the vision and you were able to uh, to execute it. Uh, now, of course, I do see or did see that um, you know, that you had teamed with Black is Gold. And of course you had that uh, initiative. So I wanted to know, like, how did you guys first get together to partner up to do this? Like, what was the process behind that? Right. Um, so I guess <clears throat> as a service-based organization, um, both of our orgs, you know, we have members that already have a, a level of connection beyond the organization's um, Amber Anderson, who is the founder of Black is Gold, she was our Miss K.A. Psy before she became Miss Hampton for the university. Mm. So had that connection with her, and it was just the perfect opportunity to kind of merge our two organizations. Wow. You see, this is why I know that I'm out the loop, because I did not realize that that was Miss Hampton. Goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's that is excellent, man. That is excellent, excellent news. Um, are there any other projects that you are working on, um, specifically for the youth and for the kids at Peak Elementary, or just even around the the seven five seven area? Right, absolutely. Um, and we actually returned to the school this past Friday to do an arts and crafts activity. Um, so we had each of the kids uh get their hands painted and then they put that handprint on one of the counters in the space library so that they felt mm. like they were adding to the design and what we're going to do is add little eyeballs on each of the handprints so that I the storyline was make your own alien you know so that was something cool um and i'm actually designing a, um, a mural for the student center on Hampton's campus. So this is actually going inside of the student center. I've already started, I already got paint on the wall, but like where the stage is and where that big staircase is, uh -huh. directly behind the stage, um, there's like five walls that kind of sit there um, at different levels. But mm -hmm. me, one other artist, she's an architecture student, are going to be painting those walls and we're going to have a 
big reveal on April 7th, which is high school day for the university. So super excited about that project. Um, yeah, it's been in the works for several months because I had to meet with administration. So I was meeting with Dr. Inman on a regular basis last semester, getting the design approved. We worked through three different design ideas. Um, she would then take those to the president and then they gave me the funding for the materials and then we got to work. So still a lot of work to do before that um, unveiling date, but I'm super excited about it. Okay. Well, you actually just answered my question because I was going to ask, was there any input from the president on, uh, you know, as far as getting the mural done? But that that answers my question. Wow, man, uh, a mural for the student center. That is going to be really, really interesting because, one, I can't wait to see it myself. Um, I may even try to get off of work for high school day just to come in and peep the unveiling. Um, how do you think alumni is going to react to it? amazing like that's what i'm most excited about um because i feel like this is really the first mural led by a student especially to this scale um and a lot of that has to do with you know the new presidency the more openness to student involvement and student representation and an appreciation for the arts um so i just know like that is going to be something that really transforms the way that people are perceiving the student center um, so I'm excited for, you know, Spring Fest, for homecoming, for all these different events where people are in the student center, where events are happening on stage, because that mural is going to be the backdrop for all of those things that happen. So definitely excited. Wow. Wow. I'm definitely you got me excited and looking forward to what's coming in the future, man. I, I'm definitely ready to see that because I listen, I, I don't have a artistic bone in my body when it comes to actual visuals but you know i could recognize what you know when art is art man because for those who know again y'all know i'm a theater kid y'all know i'm a music kid but when it comes to the stuff that with the visual aspect of it like anything that's going to catch my eye you know i want to i want to look at it i want to detail and i want to be sure that you know it's appealing to me so i i know that somebody with an artistic eye such as yours is definitely going to love this. And I'm hoping that the rest of the student body as well as Hampton alum are going to appreciate what you've done for this school. Because as you said, with more students uh, getting involved, uh, especially with the new presidency around, it's, it seems that you y'all are actually trying to cultivate a strong student based atmosphere at Hampton, which for Better or for worse, it, you know, it hasn't happened as much as we wanted to in the past. But now we see that the creative wheels are turning and the cogs are going and things are actually working out uh, for the benefit of the school. So I know that Dr. Well, President Williams, excuse me, has talked about, you know, creating like the best college experience in America. So um, this is the first step to that, man. So I'm if you don't, again, if you don't hear from nobody else, you're going to hear from me how much I appreciate all that you've done for this campus. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, do you have any other projects outside of that, whether it's, you know, helping students or uh, just anything involving campus and whatnot? Um, I would say that mural is probably my biggest focus right now, but I, I do have things um, in the future that I want to lay out. Um, well, I am doing a small project right now with some architecture students so they just mm -hmm. gave us brand new furniture in bemis which is the architecture department building wow. on campus 
and they wanted to throw out all of that old furniture, so like the big drafting tables, the big wooden drafting tables that have a lot of character to them. They have all the like scratches and exacto knife marks. And so a part of me was like, that's history right there. So we should try mm -hmm. to preserve some of it. So I ended up um, taking one of the desks and sticking them in um, Armstrong Slater, which is like kind of the art building that sits right next to Beamer's. Yeah. Um, and I stuck it in one of the old art classrooms that's not used anymore. Got a team of architecture students who are artists and we're basically gonna do a mural on that desk and the theme is what does it mean to be creative so everybody kind of has their own spin on it and you're just kind of building off the um art that the others just do so it's just sitting in there it's no schedule i just tell them you know if you need to decompress from architecture if you need to just take a break come paint build off the ideas of the other artists and i'm really just letting them do it i'm going to add my own touch to it but i wanted to see what they kind of come up with it sounds good man it sounds good uh, do you have any internships coming up? Yep. Yep. So um, I actually just got my first offer two days ago. Um, oh. But I'm trying to be in Los Angeles this summer. I was in New York last summer. Oh, man. I interned. Well, I interviewed with all firms that have offices in L.A. So I knew one of them was going to offer. Um, so I'm just waiting to hear back from the others, but definitely excited about that man man oh man um can you go into a little detail about your uh internship experience in new york yeah sure so best summer of my life <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly honestly just in terms of experiences and overall growth my mind works very well in new environments because i'm constantly inspired by the things i see around me um and i went with my best friend who's been my best friend since we were out the womb basically went to the same church i went to the same middle school same high school and he's at ant now i went to hampton but he ended up getting an internship with morgan stanley and our offices were literally down the street from each other in wow. manhattan in times square so we were living in brooklyn uh taking the train every morning it was about a 45 to an hour train ride um, which you get used to um, but we took that into the city every day got her off of work, we'd get something to eat, go back home. But just being able to see Brooklyn, then go to Manhattan every single day was a really powerful experience. And then we, there was always something to do on the weekend. So um, really cool. Internship internship itself was great. Um, I was working with Gensler Architecture. They're actually the largest architecture firm in the world. Um, and that was one of their like principal offices where they have over 700 people working for them but a very tight intern program. It's very hard to get into. I think they said they had over like a thousand applicants, but the way I got involved was through a career fair where I presented my portfolio and they just mm -hmm. thought it was a very, very strong portfolio. Just talking about some of my uh, works that I've created through the Hampton University Architecture Department. And my edge when it comes to interviews is always tying in the art that I do. They love to see me incorporate you know, the art into my architecture process through like hand sketching and then I always highlight, um, you know, my business where I'm painting on clothes. I even highlight the target opportunity. Um, and that's just when the interest is really, really there. And it's all about storytelling, too. Like they can hear the passion behind somebody who has a love for architecture. So that's what landed me the internship. Um, and I grew a lot from that. Um, so, yeah, amazing opportunity. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Um, what was the most challenging aspect of being in New York for the entire summer? 
money. <laughs> yeah. Money. Tell me about it. <laughs> Basically. So, yeah, the rent is crazy. Uh, we were mm-hmm. saying that an Airbnb property, not even crazy. Like, the, I would say the, the property was nice. The area wasn't as much, but you're playing 3K a month for an intern with an internship salary. So that was crazy. Um, and then everything in New York is just kind of expensive. So many. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You actually had to pay for your own Airbnb. That's crazy. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like um, the firm didn't offer any housing assistance. My uh, friends, they gave him a stipend for relocation, but my firm fortunately didn't offer anything. So when I go to L.A., I'm definitely trying to pick the firm that's going to offer some relocation assistance. Mm-hmm, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, go where the money is at and go where you know you're going to live comfortably, because as you said, New York is not expensive. Well, excuse me. You are New York is expensive. It's not cheap. And by extension, L.A. is the same, if not worse. So, exactly. yeah. I'm I'm definitely hoping that you can find something to where you can like live comfortably, pay your rent and not have to worry about um those extra fees and expenses while you're, you know, doing your creative process. Uh with that in mind, I did want to ask uh, I know that you're entering your your fifth year here um for architecture. So, I just wanted to know outside of the internship, what are some things that you're looking forward to? Um I know that you've got different projects that you're going to be working on, but I just wanted to know like what, what your eye for the future right now? Um, <clears throat> it's still very broad. There's still a lot of ideas that I'm playing with. Um, mm-hmm. What I do know is that I'm building the foundation right now at Hampton to go anywhere that I want to go. Um, I will be working at a firm for probably about two years after college. I want to get enough hours for licensure because I do want to be an officially licensed architect. A lot of people will get their degree and then get comfortable and not take the exam. So they're never considered a real architect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a goal point that I have. But after that's obtained, I'm probably just going to continue to expand my creativity and utilize that architecture background, but plug it into all these other art projects that I can now do. Um, so I already have the entrepreneurship bone from the business that I have. I don't, my business is probably going to transform into something with a greater scope than just clothing customizations, but it's going to have that core of creativity, architecture entwined. Um, So yeah, I wouldn't say I have an exact path and I don't want an exact path right now Mm -hmm. um, because creativity is constantly flowing and changing. Um, But I do know that I'm setting myself up. Good to hear, man. Uh, Or as we like to say in the band, creativity is a necessity. So keep those creative juices flowing, man. Definitely. Uh, You you definitely have a bright future ahead of you. I want to backtrack here because you did mention something about the target opportunity that you've had. Um, Matter of fact, just last year, Um, I wanted to know, were you still working with Target at that or was that just more of a one time thing? Yeah, so I am still working with Target. um, And. It's funny, the original competition that I did, this was in 2021, um, there are three winners for it. Um, But to this day, I'm the only one that's still working with them. And that's because of, you know, the conversations that we had, you know, with those three winners, they then reached out to us and were asking for creative input. We're asking us to send them ideas about capturing content for their Black History Month campaign. And I was just always engaged in those conversations. Um, professionalism through emails, through phone calls, and then asking for additional opportunities. So 
once everything wrapped up with the initial design challenge, I said, you know, you all had my my design in stores temporarily just for Black History Month. Is there any way that I can get my art in stores long term? So that's when the conversation shifted to, you know, we don't have any immediate needs on our Black History Month team, but I can refer you to Lisa from Cat and Jack. Um, Cat and Jack is the little kids brand that they have in stores where they do like the little dino tees and stuff. So I met with her, ended up interviewing with Lisa, and now I'm a part of that team. So I've been, wow. I've been creating graphics with them. I meet with Target on a weekly basis. They've paired me with um, like senior graphic designers who kind of mentor me and like look at my work with me. And my first um, design is going to be on table back to school this upcoming fall. They always design a year in advance. So looking forward to that. Wow. The, the accomplishments never stop. So definitely, definitely li listen, guys, um, we know that we talk about, you know, when we support everything black, we mean it. So when we see young black youth just continuing to climb and to climb and to continue to garner all of these accolades, it really it hits me in a bright spot because I know that, you know, we are doing something right. And I just want to make sure that y'all are aware that there are youth out here who are doing it even while still in school. You know, you don't just have to be an adult, you know, trying to navigate adulthood and trying to figure out what your next path is uh, or, you know, whether the path is clear or not. Or if you're just stuck trying to figure out what you want to do in life, there are actually youth out there who are doing these things up per their own initiative and you see the accomplishments just continue to mount up. So we know that it's possible and with the right team behind you, with the right people behind you and support behind you, you can go anywhere with that. So um, again, as an example here, Trey has been doing the damn thing. Um, and I don't mean to cuss, but that's just this one word. But <laughs> anyway, we, we cuss a lot on this uh, on this actual podcast, but I was trying to keep it, you know, mainly clean for the most part. But clearly that, you know, one, one D where they go hurt um, still. Uh, we've seen him continuously out in the community. We see the projects that he's done with the organizations that he's worked with, with the corporations that he's worked with. All of these things are possible. You know, just continue to have faith in yourself and know that this platform will support you no matter what. And that goes for Trey as he's listening to this and a part of this podcast right now. We want to want him to know that this podcast will support him in any future endeavors that he has. So all he all he need to do is just ask. And if he's got somebody that wants to get on this platform as well, so that way we can support them, too. We down for it. That is that is the purpose of this podcast. We want to make sure that all of our millennials and Gen Z are not only navigating in this crazy world, but also, you know, finding their passion, whether it be in the entrepreneurship field, whether it be in uh, the corporate field or whether they're just trying to be in the artistic field. This this is what we are here for. Um, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because I wanted to know specifically if uh, with the whole the creation of the space library, were there any motivations because uh, behind making sure that this library was uh, at its peak condition no pun intended because we see what's going on in states like florida and texas as far as banning books and the attack on what they call woke culture but it's really black culture and we see what has been happening in, in these uh, different states as far as the attack on diversity and attack on black history so did uh was that always in the back of your head was that did that play any kind of motivating motivating factor if you don't mind my asking yeah i mean i would say you know when we thought about the initial layout for the project um we didn't want to just create a space that you know 
was another regular activity space. We wanted intention behind it. Um, and we knew that by having books donated that were culturally appropriate, that you would reach the children on a different level. And subconsciously, when they hear these uplifting phrases, they see these um, historical figures that look like them, they may not recognize it in the moment, but subconsciously it's kind of transforming the way that they perceive themselves and what they can do in the world. So like exactly like you said, like, you know, we're kind of blessed that we were dealing with the school and with the principal that was very welcoming to this initiative. It could have gone the complete opposite way and they would have been like, you know, we have enough books. We don't need those books. They're not on curriculum. You could have had parents that were complaining about, you know, why are these the books being read to the kids? But we didn't feel that at all. I mean, it was nothing but support. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that we wanted to do with intention. Sounds good. Sounds good, man. Uh, and I hope that people who are listening out there will hear this story and know that, you know, anything is possible and that we still have that creative control. And we, you know, when we get involved in our communities, we want to be sure that we are continuing to uplift. And as he said, you know, do everything with intention. And those kids, much like me when I was growing up, you know, no, I never could have imagined like the the heroes that I was learning about was subconsciously planning in my brain like yo wait these are black people doing great things in our past and it it really didn't hit me i think until maybe about nine or ten and then i started to like read history and realize wait a minute there's not a lot of people that look like me in the history books that i'm reading versus what i was reading back then when i was like seven or eight and i was reading with my mom or going to the uh the library all the time it it, it really does hit differently so um just know that again once again we support uh, everything that trey has been doing uh, for the community and of course for himself and we definitely look forward to seeing what the young man has in store uh, so with that um i think it is a good time to conclude the interview because we've had a, a long thorough discussion here uh, we've talked about the things that you are going to be implementing, and I don't think there's really anything else that we can ask for. Uh, what I do want to ask, of course, is um, real quickly, because we know that music can be food for the soul. And of course, this podcast is based on music. Now, I know I asked you questions about, you know, the, the 90s and the 2000s male R&B groups and whatnot, and that's a different time period. So what's just some of the music that's been keeping you motivated, if there is any? Hmm. I would say, you know, I'm definitely am a R&B hip hop kind of guy. And I, I would say I started listening to music a lot more when I got into painting, because when mm -hmm. you're just painting something, I, it's just silence. So mm -hmm. having my speaker with me all the time. Um, so I like a lot of like, um, hmm. see, and I was about to say some some oldies, like the Badu and all of that. But I would say hey. like, um, yeah, that that's the vibe you want to say. You know what I'm saying? I like, mm -hmm. I like that kind of gives you that vibey feel. Um, I'd rather listen to something more on the track of R&B than, you know, the rap hip hop if I'm painting, because it kind of just flows with my energy at that point. Mm -hmm. um, specific artists, you know, I'm a big J. Cole fan. Um, Don Tolliver. Um, yes, sir. Uh, Code of the Friend. Um, oh, boy, you preaching. Yes, Mino. Um, mm -hmm. Vince like artists that kind of like have that uniqueness to them and like they have those songs where you really like vibe like that's what really helps me um so i would say those 
Hey man, for one, you saying Coda the friend and Smino, man, you nail on the head, bro. We I definitely yeah. appreciate you naming them because a lot of people don't talk about Coda, and I'm like, man, he is severely underrated. Um, yeah, he's a very but, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, Smino. I know Smino actually gets more recognition now, but I remember when he first came out and nobody knew who he was, but I was on it. Look, when it came to finishing certain projects or, or a certain task, and as you said, when when you get into a certain vibe, there's only like certain music that you can play um, to set that vibe for you. And Smino was one of those uh, artists that I played when. So when Black Swan first came out, I was listening to that consistently whenever I was like doing my work at the time when it came out, I was still working for Hampton. So there were projects like such as graduation that I had to work on or uh, making sure that everybody was cleared and making sure all the files were cleaned up. So I would literally just sometimes lock myself in my office, play Black Swan and just just move. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, so once again, Trey, uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, episode of Chaotic Culture Podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Um, how can the people follow you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, on Instagram, I'm Trey from the three, Trey from the three, that's T-R-E-Y from the number three. Um, and my art page is in the bio of that. It's Covert Artist. Um, and if you follow that page, you can stay tuned with kind of the different projects that I'm having. I'm actually building my online portfolio now, just a hub for everything creative that I do is just going to be dumped on there. And um, it's going to be a shop as well. So, you know, prints that you want to buy of my artwork, custom clothes, all that will be on that website as well. So stay tuned for that. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Um, Do you have any uh, black businesses that you want to shout out really quickly while you're on this platform? All the black businesses at Hampton University. I can't name them all, but it's a lot of them out there. Um, actually was just part of a panel with a lot of other black entrepreneurs at Hampton. So shout out to all of them. Everybody's doing amazing, locking in on their passion and I love it. Shout out to y'all. Hey man, definitely appreciate that. That reminds me, there is one, uh, that I definitely want to shout out, which is oddly enough. He's also a member of Beta Chi chapter of Cap Office Opportunity Incorporated, uh, Ghetto yeah. Scholars with Matthew. Got a... <laughs> yeah, shout out Matthew. That's the one I should have included at least where I got, I got his hat right here. Hey, oh, I got a couple hats. Mine, yes, sir. Ghetto Y'all see it. Y'all see it. Uh, and, and that also reminds me, I actually need to get Matt on this platform as well because I actually talked to him about it last semester. It's just this came up first because I was like, oh, wait a minute, we, we got to capitalize on talking about this library because of the impact that it had in the community. So, but I will get Matt on here too because that that's he's been doing great things. So, um, shout out to Matt if you listen to this, man. We definitely appreciate you, bro. And we will have you up here soon. Uh, with that. Uh, I think it is time for us to go ahead and do the rundown and then we'll go ahead and sign off. So for once again, for those who don't know, the rundown is a list of podcasts, content creators, black artists and black businesses that we highlight at the end of each episode before we do the sign off. Uh, I, again, have to take duties on doing the entire thing because mainly I split it between my co-hosts. Um, of course, we do update this every episode that we get somebody new who has either been on this podcast or supports this podcast. So, of course, uh, Trey's name will get added to here uh, soon, but we want to be sure that 
we give the entire list out for everybody to hear in case there's something that you might be interested in. So uh, for the podcast shout outs, we definitely want to shout out Shogo High and Inside the Mind of a Blur. Those are two other podcasts that I am a part of. Uh, Shogo High, of course, is the anime podcast that we do every other Friday on Twitter spaces. And then, of course, Inside the Mind of a Blur, we talk about nerd shit or black nerd shit so uh definitely be sure that you pay attention to inside the mind of a blurred as well um shout out to mike check waifu waifu worst generation podcast and blanime podcast those are three anime podcasts that i actually am a patreon subscriber to uh definitely shout out to worst general blanime for uh, curating what we call anime after dark on twitter spaces every thursday um shout out to the truth and transparency podcast with brother x the culture scientist and mr smith uh of course brother x is a Hampton alum. So definitely be sure that you check out that podcast as well. We got the session with Jay and Trey. Trey is also a Hampton alum. Shout out to him. Uh, Brutal Honesty with Kay Renee. Uh, you can also check out her novellas under the pen name Sedona Rose, which is available on Amazon Kindle. It's So Real with Raquel and Onaje, who are also Hampton alum. Dad Needs to Talk with Rob, the father of Vash. Analytical, which gets critical. Uh, we've got the Huey TC podcast. We've got the Geek's Head podcast. we got Anime Junkies, Three Weaves in a podcast, and one of those members is, again, a Hampton alum. Uh, and, of course, definitely shout out to the Black Anime Podcast Network. Uh, for our Black content creators, we want to shout out to uh, Black Anime from our guy Aaron, HBCU Anime from our guy Evan, yo to the noobs, uh, Tsundere uh, from my girl Erica, Cerberus Entertainment, Tadapoodle, shout out to the indie, uh, Degichi Gamer, Icarus Metro Comics with Calvin, Studio Maho with Pat Yin, Soul, a.k.a. Humble Southern Soul Brother, Hub Taku, and definitely big shout out to Hub Taku. We definitely got to talk to get some more information down because we got some things that we got to work on. Uh, Shelby with Simply Janine and Rose Less Traveled, Black Lotus Dragon with Strange Keith, and of course, uh, Toasty Marshmallow. Um, if you haven't checked out that interview with Toasty Marshmallow, please be sure that you do as well. Uh, for our Black artists, definitely shout out to our very own co-host, Nasa, who is again a Hampton alum. Scoozy, also a Hampton alum. Jack Union, Hampton alum, Phil.me, Hampton alum, uh, Ellis Quinn, RJ Stackhouse, Hampton alum, Quarter, Hampton alum, Tyrone Leak Jr., uh, clearly y'all see where we're going with this, uh, to Ari Lachelle, Zach Hines, all of those are Hampton alum, especially my girl Zainab, and of course my friend Elena as well. So for those who are black artists or black music artists, definitely be sure that you check out all those artists that we named. And for our black business shout outs to close us out, we got Already Paid by Dre. Fresh Nurse, Righteous Minds by Timo, KSS Brand by Christina. These are all Hampton alum. Cream Cosmetics by my girl Naima. Mind Over Money by Hampton alum Tremaine. Studio Maho again with Pat and Yen. Miss Daphne Benford-Smith with Studio Maho and the Benford-Smith Law Firm. Concept Moon, She Designs 2 with my girl Aaron. Black Magic or Lip Wands with Low and T. Lauren is she's not a Hampton alum, but she did attend Hampton. Uh, H4 Creative with Girl Zenobia. Real Estate Stone by my girl Meredith, who is a Hampton alum. Sold by Bell from Rye. Again, another Hampton alum. And Coasters Bar and Grill, which is located here in Hampton at Buck Row Beach. Be sure that you check out that business. Uh, with that, once again, Trey, we appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, definitely look forward to the things that you got going on, and hopefully we get the, a chance to have you on this podcast again in more of a more or less professional setting. We'll definitely uh, have that talk. Um, is there anything else that you want to uh, say before we uh, get up out of here? Yeah, I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity. It was an amazing conversation. Definitely looking forward to the future, and shout out to everybody that's watching. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you joining us, man. Definitely, definitely. All right. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and sign off. Be sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the Chaotic Culture Podcast on your favorite DSP. Be sure that you subscribe to the Patreon for early access to the podcast and bonus episodes to the podcast. You can subscribe through patreon.com forward slash chaotic culture podcast or chaotic culture pod. And you can subscribe at any of the four levels, whether it's $3, $5, $7, $10, whatever the case may be. We still appreciate your support. You can go follow our Facebook page at Chaotic Culture Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Chaotic Culture Pod and on Twitter at Chaotic underscore culture. You could follow me, Ked the Pro, that's K3V the Pro, on all social media. You could follow Ms. Nasa at co- underscore call me Nasa on all social media. You could follow Law on Instagram at L.JR underscore 96 and on Twitter at Law 96 underscore. You could follow my co-host Sappy at Scraps 14 on all social media. And of course, you can follow Johnny, aka J. Lee Trey, on all social media at J. Lee Trey, including TikTok. You can also follow his Twitch stream at J. Lee Trey 1. And this has been another edition of the Chaotic Culture Podcast. So until next time, folks, remember, embrace the culture, chaos rules. Be blessed, be safe, God is love. Yo to the noobs. Deuces. Yo. Look, it's chaos in these streets, so let's talk about it, please. Let's hold some conversation. You see where I'm coming from. Yes, it's so amazing. Go on here, get comfortable. You can grab a seat, take a load off your feet. Yeah, welcome to the table. We don't tell no lies over here. This ain't no fable. We just live our lives over here. We ain't no angels. We just shine our light over here. We got the power. Uh, we just showing love over here. Cause everybody needs some. We don't need a reason Everybody needs some Shout out And we don't need a reason cause